Well, I'm glad to be back with you, and glad to be invited back. And, uh, you know, do you know what happens one week from today? Think about it. It's been going on for over 15 years, 15 summers. What's, what's going on? One week from today, it starts for a week. Oh, come on. Come on. Do, 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 do. Yes, Shark Week. Shark Week. Yes, we celebrate that in church every year. No, okay. It's church and shark week. No. So, yes, it's a shark week coming up. And uh, you know my background. I, I like the scuba diving stuff. And, and you know, we're going to see a, a little video here. But not every time I preach will I show you diving. Just every other time. Uh, anyway. So, but, yes, next week uh, we start with shark week. For those of you who enjoy watching that, and some of it's interesting, and some of it's silly, and some of it's actually accurate, not all of it. But in any case, um, it explores the underwater world. But today, by virtue of uh, introduction, I want to look at some other creatures, uh, really a different creature that's also exciting underwater when you see them, and that's a moray eel, okay? And uh, they're actually a fish, technically, but they sure look serpentine and, and are big and big teeth. And when, they're, when they come out of their den, you... you they have your full attention, let me just put it to you that way. So let's put this little video on. Let's, let's do this. Hold, pause it for a second. Can you do that? You can't do that. Okay, this is in Grand Cayman Islands, and we're going to take you on a dive trip. And uh, so this is a place called Stingray City, and they take you out there, and they, they, your dive master goes down with food, and all the stingrays come around, and they want to be fed. Well, there's this one, um, there was at this time, this one moray eel, and they had named uh, him or her, whatever it was, Cyclops, because it had a messed up eye, so it only had one eye, basically, to see with. And it was conditioned to show up when the divers came in because it knew food was coming. Nothing in nature can be tamed. They can only be conditioned. And don't try this at home. Go ahead. Let's, let's watch this. About a minute, minute and a half. So you'll get to see. These are the stingrays. Uh, uh, and yes, this is the kind of stingray that did in Steve Irwin, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, there I am taking pictures, and then the dive master has a moray eel, and I'm like, bring it over here. What was I thinking? Um, but in any case, that's the moray, about a four and a half, five footer. They grow to about eight feet, and they have a very impressive set of teeth. Uh, that's my daughter. Uh, okay. And then uh, here we go. So she's bringing it over towards me. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. Okay, what? Wait a minute, not that cool. Okay, hang on. All right, let's see. All right, that's good. And off it goes. And, and it'll come back. Now, at this point, something, we're not, it's not caught on camera, but it gets incredibly exciting. See the bald guy there with his swimsuit? Right, okay. So my son focuses on me, and I'm like, yay, I have all my fingers. Now, what happened over here was that moray swam up the guy's swim trunks. So there was a, about three seconds of sheer terror and excitement for that poor guy. Uh, we missed it on camera, uh, but I saw it out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, oh, this is getting great now. So basically, they're feeding these fish, these uh, stingrays. Um, all these little fish are swimming around you. It's a lot of fun. Don't be scared. Uh, the fish with the big, long, yellow stripe, uh, those are yellow tails. When you order them to eat, that's what they are. They're wonderful. Oh, here we go. Here comes Cyclops. A little focus. There you go. Nice. Glad it's done in 3D. How about that? And uh, 
let's pause there and let's get into the, into the message. But I always enjoy showing you these things, but how is this going to relate to our message today? Well, I hope it will. There's about five kinds of uh, mores in the Caribbean. They grow six to eight feet. That was a medium-sized one. And uh, you could see at the last there, they do have quite a set of jaws. But here's a little lesson for you to class in our little Marine Bio 101. They actually have a second set of jaws. They've got this set that you see, but then it's crazy, but behind it, further down their throat, is a whole nother set of jaws, kind of like the movie Alien. Where that, and it comes out, yeah, but they don't come out like that. But it's like truth is stranger than fiction, and so they're called pharyngeal jaws. It's a second set of jaws in the back of their throat to get the food and pull it back into their body to eat. And so it's like, boy, if not one set isn't bad enough, they got two uh, to help get things done. And I have all my fingers. Don't try that at home. It'll make a mess, okay, or in the kitchen. Don't do that at home. But, you know, in many ways in our world today, we, we may feel like we're being bit. We're being attacked by not one set, but maybe another set of jaws that is biting at us and, and getting at us. Uh, in today's world, and there's a lot of significant issues facing us. It seems like every day we watch the news or however your source is on the internet or whatever, and there's always some new terrible thing happening, and maybe in your own life you're dealing with some relational issues, faith, faith issues, family issues, health issues, uh, I don't know, but everyday life seems to reveal uncertainties. It reveals unknowns unsettledness, anxieties, and then one thing grabs us, and then another thing grabs us, and now we got something with two sets of jaws coming at us, and wow, from the virus issues way back, financial issues, racial issues, it's all out there. Shootings, protests, violence, sprinkling a little politics on, the, on top of that, and then add change and transitional times like we're in as a church. It's not all bad, but it's, it's a lot coming at us from a lot of different ways. And so today, I want to talk to you about trusting God in uncertain times. We live in some very curious, weird, scary, uncertain times, but they're also opportune times. So I want to share with you today that we can trust God in these uncertain and scary times. And we're going to be looking at a story uh, found in two of the Gospels. Uh, in Luke chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, and it's also found in Mark chapter 4. So Luke chapter 8 and Mark 4, but before we go any further, let's, let's pause and let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this day, the opportunity we've had to be together, and for the music, the wonderful testimonies from camp, the prayers, and Father, you know the hearts there's many people here this morning. There's many challenges. There's some hurt hearts. There's some grieving hearts. There's some excited hearts. There's some anticipation and excitement and enthusiasm. There's some hearts that are in pain. And so, Father, wherever we are and whatever we bring into this room, we ask that we'd help us, help us to focus on you, settle our hearts to hear your word. Lord Jesus, would you speak to me, for I pray in Christ's name, amen. I hope you got an outline when you came in, front and back, okay, some fill-in-the-blanks for you. I like to do that. It helps keep me on target, 
and hopefully you can remember more uh, when you take some notes, if, if you're so inclined. You don't, you don't have to. Um, but we will have it now. We're not going to do the test today. We're, out of, we're short on time. But let's look at these passages. Jesus in these, both of these um, uh, writers' views are given a little different view on the same event. Jesus had been teaching in the area, in the region. We pick up in Luke chapter 8, Dr. Luke uh, 8, 22, and here we go. Now it happened on a certain day that he, meaning Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let's go over to the other side of the lake, and they launched out. But as they sailed, he, Jesus, fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him and said, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, let's look at Mark's account of the same incident, Mark chapter 4, 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let's go, let's cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with them. So it was a group of boats, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. And he was in the stern, which is the back of the boat, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They're kind of blaming him now. Then he arose, and what did he do? He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful, and how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? So what can we learn from these accounts of this story of Jesus, his disciples, out on the boat, out on the Sea of Galilee? So number one on your outline, I want you to know this. Christ is with me every moment, every day. If you have Christ in your life, if you've opened your heart to Jesus, hey, he is with you every moment, in every situation, every day. Jesus had been teaching and ministering in the Galilee region, northern Israel. Christ had been investing in and is a part of the lives of his followers. Catch that. As a Christian, you need to invest in people around you and be a part of their lives. They may have a lifestyle that is not yours, you may not get it, you may not like it, it may not stack up to Scripture, but they need to hear about the Lord too. And you need to be able to, you can do that. It's not just my job to do that. It's all of ours. And get to know them, befriend them, so you can share Christ with them. And he had been sharing parables, if you will, life stories that have a heavenly principle and a godly application. So Jesus says, listen, to, listen guys, get in the boat. We're going to the other side of the lake. If you go do the studies from Capernaum over to Gagesa, one side to the other. So the disciples are going to have a test now to see if what they learned in their head from the parables he was teaching had taken root in their heart. And so while Jesus was with them personally and physically, and he's not like that for us today, he is with us spiritually every day, moment by moment, through the Holy Spirit. 
In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says this, Jesus is, they're speaking here, he says, I will never leave you, God says, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. So they set out in the boat, and they're crossing the Sea of Galilee. Remember, Jesus is with us every moment, every day. We move to point two, Christ is with me in every uncertainty and every storm. In our lives, you know, this is nothing new. Uh, we're going to face storms. We're going to get that phone call, that text, that email, whatever, however you get it. You're going to get some information come your way that's going to be painful, hard, and difficult. And I'm sorry, but we live in a broken world, and that's how it is right now. And so as they're journeying across the lake, what happens here? Uh, but as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and they were in jeopardy, okay? They were not on the show jeopardy. It wasn't a fun time. Okay, what's, you know, what happened? No, they were, life was in the balance here, all right? And so they're going across the lake. Why did a storm hit? Why did this happen? I mean, Jesus is with them. He told them to do this. So why is this storm hitting? Is it because they had disobeyed? And Jesus, and they, they weren't learning? Okay, and they're reaping what they sow, as Galatians 6, 7 tells us. Uh, uh, was this a way to reinforce his teachings of the day? Or, or was it just nature, just creation doing what it does? Okay, so the disciples were following Christ's command, doing his will, and they got hit with a storm. A little mini lesson inside the bigger lesson. You can be in the center of God's will and still experience difficulties in storms. Just because we're doing what we know God is telling us to do doesn't mean the, the seas part and everything is cool. There's this thing called life, and it shows up every day, and it doesn't always work that way, all right? So we can be in the center of God's will, doing His will, and still be having challenges come our way. Don't forget that. But my question is, so the, the disciples' response was what? They were afraid, and then they started blaming. Don't you care? You're laying in the back asleep. What's going on? Their response was twofold. It was fear, understandably, and then they start blaming God. Does that sound familiar? It should because kind of that's pretty much what we do today. We get afraid. We get anxious or angry or whatever, and then all right, I'm going to blame it on God. Sometimes it comes first to the preacher, you blame him, and then, you know, it's just, but in any case, I've been there. But it's sort of like what happens to us when we have are hit with difficult situations. Would a boat with Jesus in it really sink? And if it sank, would not Jesus save you? But if you weren't saved uh, physically, but you know Christ, then you'd be home with him. And so you got to think about the big picture here. Godly people can experience some very sad and very, very difficult days. We could go through our, our congregation this morning, and I know some stories. I don't know all of you, but I know some of you have been through some really difficult things in life. But God was still there. So... And if you don't, don't believe me, look at Hebrews chapter 11, the back half of it, and it talks about godly people who went through unbelievable difficulties, but they still held to their faith. 
So in these uncertain times that we live in, is your life or is your boat, are you taking on some water? Are you feel like, whoa, we're kind of listing here, okay, <laughs> you know, that, that type of a thing? Um, you know, what, what's going on? Do you feel like you're sinking sometimes? Well, hold on. Hold on. Reach out to the Lord. Remember, He's always there. He's always with you, even in the storms of life. Number three, Christ is with me in every victory and every defeat. So Christ gets up and he responds and he stills, he stops the storm. He arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased. And there was a calm. There was a calm. That word rebuke is in both of these accounts. Mark's account, then he arose, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now, Nature doesn't usually work that way. But the word rebuke, pefimoso in its original language, is an interesting word. It means to be muzzled. You ever see a dog with a muzzle around it? And it's, it's a very important word, to be muzzled. And it's a term that was used for the dispossessing a demon of his power. Hmm. A word, pefimoso rebuke you, telling a demon, shut up, you're out of here, okay? And it's kind of a heavy picture here. So this perhaps there could have been a satanic issue with this storm, but we don't know. What we do know is that Jesus spoke. The creator commanded the creation, and at his word, the storm stopped, just like that. Two things occurred. The wind ceased and the waves stopped. In nature, it doesn't work that way. I was on a scuba diving trip in the Florida Keys. We went out off of Marathon. If you've ever been down there, the Seven Mile Bridge, if you're on the Seven Mile Bridge and you're going to Key West, you look out and there's a lighthouse out there. It's called Sombrero Reef. And we were out there diving, me and my buddies one day in college. And a storm came in and we were already threw the anchor overboard, and we were geared up, and we were ready to go diving. We sat on the edge of the boat, and the boat went up. We went out, okay? Uh, it's one way to get in the water, but there's a problem. We're six, seven miles off the land, and so we immediately go to the anchor rope because we want to be sure that we still have a boat to get back into, so we go down the anchor rope, and we, it's a Danforth claw anchor, and we lodge it in to be sure, and we'd look up, and this 25-foot boat would disappear, and then it would reappear. And I'm like going, oh my gosh, the waves are throwing this boat out of the water, literally, and I'm worried about 30 feet, and we're being tossed around like a rag doll. Waves are circular, so they, it's, if there's eight feet above water, you got at least eight or ten below doing the same thing. And, and I'm like going, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be sick and die, which is, you know. So um, eventually we, we got back in the boat. We had to take our gear off to climb up. It was a, quite an involved is, issue, but eventually the storm calmed down. It took a long time. We stayed low and by the reef until that happened. But nature doesn't 
stop just like that. It's not natural. When a storm comes in, it takes a while for it to go out. Jesus spoke, and it stopped immediately. It's not natural. It's supernatural because Jesus spoke over creation. At the word of God, creation obeyed. So let Jesus speak into whatever it is that you are dealing with. Give him a chance. If he can stop a storm like that, he can help you. And we can start giving all the reasons. Ah, oh, they're not going to work. That's fine. Give all your reasons. But give it to God. Turn it over to him. At the word of God, creation obeyed. Let Jesus speak to your issues. Celebrate the victories and give God glory, but give God your defeats. Those moments like, man, that didn't work out. And ask God for help and then ask, what do I need to learn from this painful moment? God doesn't waste a painful situation. There's things we can always learn. So Christ is with me every moment, every day. Secondly, Christ is with me in every uncertainty and every storm. Third, he's with me in every victory and every defeat. Fourth, Christ is with me in every time of encouragement and correction. So as we get to the end of this little story, what happens? Here Christ rebukes. Now, I don't want to use that word. Rebuffs. Rebuffs. That's a, a more correct word. He rebuffs the disciples' lack of trust and faith. He's like, where's your faith? Trust, trust, I'm right here. And in so doing, Jesus is challenging and reminding you and I, he's reminding us that his promises will always stand even in the darkest storms we will face. So is Jesus today? I don't know where you're at. I don't know, maybe everything's cool. Then great, you know. But we still need to lean into him. Uh, is Jesus correcting you today over something? I don't, I don't know. Can we show more faith uh, in our walk and in our life during this weird world time we're in? But it's a very opportune time to be able to share Christ. It's painful, but it's opportune at the same time. We need to live out our belief in Christ. Now more than ever, our world needs to hear from us. We just don't want to stick our head in the sand and huddle up and do nothing. But sometimes we feel that way. I get it. We need to be more hope-filled, and we need to honestly stop complaining and show our care for other people. There's always somebody who's got other stuff going on that's most likely worse than what you're dealing with. There's a lot of, lot of challenges out there. So now is a great time to share Jesus with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers in the marketplace. Now is an opportune time. Yesterday, I was invited um, to do a memorial service for a gentleman who had passed away last month, and a family had a big gathering, invited friends and family members. It was a celebration of life, so it was a picnic, and um, they were of the Jewish background and faith. And so I came and I said, okay, uh, I got to go Old Testament here uh, out of respect for them. But I can still share good news. And I, I took Psalm 23 and briefly walked through it and, and tried to share with people how they can find hope and faith in God because God wants to bless them even in these difficult times. And we had a good experience. And I'll tell you, there was a lot of 
different people. It was a very eclectic gathering, let me put it that way. Not everybody's there whose lifestyle uh, would be the lifestyle I would choose. I'll just leave it at that. And it was, but we all, they got to hear the word of God. Very short, but it went out. And, well, you might be saying, well, I'm not going to be speaking at something. No, but you have someone in your office or someone you know from work or your neighbor or in the marketplace, someone you talk to at the delicatessen or at the store. You have a pattern. You have people you know. You have an opportunity. I want to challenge you to try to see those opportunity and seize them. So now on the application side of the outline, on the back of your outline, let's finish this up. Christ promises in uncertain times. What are some of God's promises we can depend upon today? Well, first of all, we can depend on Christ for our destination, our place, where we're going, where we're going in eternity. If we open our heart and accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we understand we sin, we mess up, we make mistakes, and we know we need Jesus' forgiveness, and only he can do that. When we pass away, we're going to be in God's presence. But also, our destination here on earth, while we're still here. Jesus tells his disciples they would get to the other side of the lake. He didn't guarantee an easy trip. Okay, that's important to know. But they would arrive at their destination. If you don't hear anything else, don't worry about the stingrays and the moray eel. Hear this. Don't make this mistake. We often think it's Jesus' job to get us to where we want to go. God, it's your job to get me where I want to go. But Jesus wants to take us to where we need to go for him. They can be the same place, but often they're not. And when I say place, it could be a physical place or a thing that you're doing in your life or with your life. You follow me? Does that make sense? It should challenge all of us. I want to go here. Well, I went to the University of Miami, Coral Gables, Florida, to study marine biology. Go figure. Here And what am I doing? That's where I went. And God had a different plan. I Got a degree, not in marine bio, marine science, a little different. But anyway, God called me into ministry during that time, and he gave me a wife. So what else do I need? <laughs> right? It's all good. So I went there for my purpose, but God had a better plan. God had a better plan. So as we walk with God, he will get us to the right destination. As Christ followers, we can depend upon him. And I've got a number of passages. I'm trying to be considerate of time. But John uh, 14, verses 2 and, 2 and 3, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus has a place for us. It's all prepared. It's in eternity. In John chapter 10, let's see if I have that here, verse 28, And I give them eternal life, 
and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. God has a place and a certainty. We can never, ever lose our salvation. Our families break apart. We have broken homes, broken this. Our people fail us. Mom and dad may fail us. Your friends, your family will fail you. It happens, but Jesus won't, and he won't kick you out of his family. It's a certainty. It's right there. And so God won't let us go. Even in the storms of life, our destination is sure. Secondly, we can depend on Christ's presence, on Christ's presence. From the start of today's story, Jesus was with his disciples. Jesus is always going to be with you. He says here in John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper and he, that he may abide with you forever. Who's the helper? The helper is what we call the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Jesus isn't with us in person, but his Spirit is here with us now. And so we will have his presence with us all the time. Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always. We're never alone. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never forsake you. Remember that. John 14, 16, I'm going to send a helper. John 15, 26, God's Spirit will testify about him, meaning God will help us to share him with others. And even if we do not feel God, he's still there. He goes beyond what we feel. We're emotional people. You know, we have feelings and emotions and, it, you know, things that resonate with us. Maybe it was that song or that verse or something. And, man, you know, wow, I really felt the Lord today. Someone else is sitting there going, yep, mm-hmm. And they're playing all the stuff that's going on in their life and their head. But God is still here and he's still with us. So in the uncertainties of life, Christ is present, his Holy Spirit is with us, and he's not going to abandon you. Be careful with your feelings. They'll fool you. They're circumstantial. And then finally, we can depend upon Christ's peace. In our story, Christ is asleep in the back of the boat, and a storm's going on, and waves are coming over this boat. It's probably about 20, 25 feet long, and it's getting beat up in this lake, and, and I can tell you how that happens and all that, but in any case, he's asleep. When Jesus is with you, receive his peace. Accept that he is in control. He's in control. So many of us have control issues. It's just like we just, well, I want my way. I want to, you know, I got to have my say. In our world, our society, our culture feeds that, you know. And, um, we need to let him be in control. His very word, he spoke, and he dealt with the storm, the matter at hand. These people, the disciples, were just, they'd seen him raise the dead, feed multitudes. Now there's a storm in the boat, and they're freaking out. Okay, Jesus is like, hey, he spoke, and the storm stopped. The disciples had Jesus, had Christ's presence, saw his power, Think about this, but even they struggle to receive his peace. So we need to learn from their struggles and let Jesus lead you and, and we can experience and know his peace. Isaiah 
26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God will keep us in perfect peace if we focus our mind on him because we are trusting in him. Where's your focus today? God's peace is different than mankind's peace. There's no war, there's no fighting, there's no arguments, there's peace. Yeah, sort of, you know, that's, that's a, there's a calm, but is that really peace? The world's peace depends on circumstances. God's peace depends upon him. He reigns over the world. John 14, 20, let's see, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So in times of uncertainty, in a transitional period in our lives and in your church, Understand that God's got it. He's in control. We need to let him be in control. What storms, what crises, what uncertainties are you facing today? I, I don't know. Some of you I might know a couple things. Look. Release them. Make a fist. Pick, it up, pick a hand. Make a fist. Everybody. Make a fist. Squeeze it. Come on. Hold it. Hold it. Make that fist, squeeze it tight. After a while, just keep squeezing as hard as you can. All right? Now, re let go of it. Re release it. Release it. Now, which one do you want to do? Release. You know, let this thing go. We're holding on. Hey, you know, we got to hold on. What? I'm just holding on. I just moved. Gosh, what was I thinking? My wife is still recovering. I'm, I'm recovering. For three months, all we did was pack and pack and throw out and give away. And what do we do with this? And I'm like, I don't know. Pack it up and put it in a box. I wish I hadn't have said that. Boxes, storage units, carrying stuff. <sighs> Done a lot of funerals, and there's no U-Hauls behind the hearse. <laughs> ain't going with us. Yeah, I. It's so we have stuff. We have. We need for. I get it. Boy, do I get it. <laughs> but I think it's. Uh, I, I'm still learning. I'll report back later. We moved out. We haven't moved in yet. I'll give you the later story. It's. It's. Anyway. But we got to release these things. What? And and maybe not. Maybe it's not physical things. Most of the heavy stuff is on our heart and mind. It's that relationship that's broken, the people who did you, and frankly, they don't care. And you thought they loved you. It sounds like I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. What are you facing? Let Jesus take control. We can depend on Christ for our destination. We can depend upon Christ for his presence and his peace, if we'll accept it. 
In these uncertain times, know that we have an unchanging God. The waves and storms that are over our heads are always under the feet of Jesus. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for the challenges and the lessons that your spirit has spoken to us. And Father, as we come to a time of personal decision and personal commitment, we will share a song, we will pray, but will we release and ask for your help? I don't know the settings and the circumstances and the situations that you're facing here today, but God does. It's no surprise to him, and he cares. It may hurt like crazy, but he cares. Why is this happening? We live in a broken world. So, Lord, help us to not be distracted by all of our pain and help us to understand we can let go of these things, that we can invite you to take control over these issues, whatever they might be, all this stuff. So, Father, if there's some folks here this morning and you're just holding on to too many things, what good is it doing you? Let it go. Give it over to the Lord. Give Jesus a chance. Maybe you've released some of these before, but you've picked them back up. You need to let them go again. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never opened your heart to receive Christ as your Savior and Lord. That You understand you mess up. You understand you make mistakes. We sin. We choose it. We choose our way over God's way. You can open your heart and receive eternal forgiveness for your sins and wrongs by what Jesus did and what only he could do on the cross. You can silently pray and say, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross to forgive my sins. As best I understand, I want to open my heart and receive your salvation, accept you as my Savior. So, Father God, in these moments of silent reflection and personal decision, would you speak as we sing? For we love, love you and thank you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.